Rooted in Currituck, a journey back through growing up and in Currituck County, North Carolina. Produced by the Currituck County Center of North Carolina Cooperative Extension. County organization work has not been wholly unnoticed. An effort has at least been made toward getting this work started, but due to the backwardness of the people in the county and to being awake to the importance of organization, this all-important work has not been appreciated as it should have been. Since hard work and perseverance are the factors that will bring the work to pass, I hope to get this work started at an early date. J.E. Chandler, County Agent, 1920. This short story from Currituck County's first county agent set the stage for extension here in Currituck County. Over a hundred years later, we've collected similar stories highlighting the importance of extension in the county. As we've reviewed the records, we began to realize what an amazing asset we had, and we wanted to share those stories with the public. We also began to realize that there are stories of days gone by told by our farmers, 4-Hers, homemakers, and longtime residents that paint a more vivid picture of this place. Many of these stories have never been captured and may well be forgotten as time passes. Our new podcast series, Rooted in Currituck, aims to collect and share these stories that highlight agriculture and the work of agricultural-related organizations here in Currituck County. Today, we have with us Ms. Cameron Lowe, our current Currituck County Cooperative Extension Director. Hey, Adam. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to get started with this podcast series and to look forward to all the stories that we're going to hear. Yeah, I'm super excited. So you've been in the county your whole life. Yep. And you've been involved with the extension your whole life. Oh, yeah. Um, because your dad was the county director many years before you, um, but has also played a role in the county. What are some of the first stories that you remember first times experiences with Extension? Sure, absolutely. So my dad did start his career right out of college here in Currituck County, and it was kind of unusual um, because at that time they uh, didn't allow Extension agents to work in the county that they grew up in. So I think he was actually probably the first one in the state that was allowed to come back home um, and start his career in Currituck County, and then he worked out his whole 30 years here in this community. Um, and some of the things that I remember early on, you know, 4-H was a, a big part of my life. So um, I was always in the office at some uh, meeting or event, hanging out with him. He went to camp with me my first time, <laughs> every time. Um, but there are just a whole lot of, of neat experiences. And the whole purpose of Extension, you know, is really to um, help people help themselves. And of course we do that today by taking research from the university, getting it out into the community. That's exactly what we were doing then. But some of the most important things that, that I learned and the, the most important or the most vivid memories I have, um, I can remember, you know, just talking about that first trip to camp. Um, I can remember that we went to Camp Sertoma, which was out near Sliding Rock, I think is, is where that camp was located. And I was eight years old. It was my first trip to camp. Um, you know, so I hung kind of close to dad. And I remember they had a, a zip line. So you had to climb up a tree and you had to harness into the zip line. And, and then, of course, you know what a zip line is. So you go careening down the line until you get to the end. Well, I thought it looked really cool. And my dad was encouraging me to, to, to go do it. You know, and the counselors were all encouraging me. And so 
I climbed up the tree, I got hooked into the zip line, and I chickened out. <laughs> Completely chickened out. And I remember dad was so mad. He was like, well, you just go already. You're holding everybody up, you know. And I wouldn't do it. I had to climb back down the tree. And I was eight years old. And that is such a vivid memory because I remember that. And that's kind of set the stage for who I am today in terms of, I don't, I was so mad at myself when I came down that tree, you know, because I was like, I didn't get to experience what everybody else was talking about that night at dinner. And I was like, I don't ever want to do that to myself again, you know, and miss out on something great because I'm too afraid. Um, and so I think that, you know, long-term life lessons that kind of um, increase my tolerance for risk and my willingness to step outside of my comfort zone. And that was just, you know, one early memory that, that came from 4-H camp. And that was something that 4-H still does today. Yeah. A lot of summer camps, opportunities to gain life skills. Uh, but they also have a lot of kind of service-related yep. things to do. Are there any times that you did that in the past? I don't know if that's something that's... I know now we do the backpack program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We did, oh gosh, we did a lot of service projects. One that I remember... Um, I don't know if you're afraid of clowns or not, but I, <laughs> you know, dad, dad always had a costume. And so I remember, um, that we, my 4-H club, which my, my aunt and my mom were actually my 4-H club leaders. And I remember our club, um, did some classes on clowning and then we would go to the children's hospital, um, and just kind of, uh, bring a little light and bring a little joy to the patients there in the children's hospital. What age were you when you were doing that stuff? Again, very young. I was probably oh, wow. somewhere 9 to 12, somewhere in that range. That's great. Um, and, of course, we did all the traditional things like, you know, roadside cleanups and, um, you know, raise money for this or that and those kinds of things. But um, the clowning the clowning at the hospital is one of the things that I remember. And so you mentioned that you were in the club. How many clubs do you remember? Were there a lot of clubs back then? I know we have quite a few now, um, mm -hmm. and I'm sure some of those have still carried on. Um, yeah, we actually, there were quite a few clubs then. I was in two. I was in uh, the Curry Tech Cardinals, which was the one that, that my mom and my, my aunt led. And that was just a general club where we would do pretty much everything, it, all kinds of different projects and um, learning all sorts of different things. I learned to bake cookies in my 4-H club. My aunt had me at her house, and we learned how to follow a recipe and measure ingredients, those kinds of things. And then I was in the Heads Up, Heels Down 4-H Horse Club. Um, and that's really... As I got older, that's where I did more of my emphasis in 4-H. Um, and we still have horse clubs today. We have several horse clubs today. We've got kids that go to, um, you know, district competitions and state competitions and national competitions. And not just to ride horses, um, but also to do educational things um, like quiz bowl or uh, judging horses or public speaking. And so you were in those 4-H clubs and now you have daughters in 4-H yeah. clubs as well and they're competing absolutely on state and and other levels That's as right. well uh, so what has that kind of experience been like now three generations yeah in extension are they still interested in 4-H stuff going forward I know she has yeah um, so so my youngest daughter yeah she's into the horse project and you know that's kind of her emphasis and the things that she likes to do but I told both of my kids um, when I started this job um, well when they came along and I was in this <laughs> job um, I told them you know I will never force you because I don't feel like dad really forced me to do a lot um, in 4-H the opportunities were there and I genuinely wanted to do them I'm sure he had to make me do some things but 
I told him I'll never force you to do anything with 4-H or my job that you don't want to do. It can be your choice, but you will. The one thing I will make you do um, is public speaking until you age out. You know, once you're eligible to do those public speaking contests, you're going to do them until you age out because that's a life skill that I really believe that you should have. Um, and I grew to love it you know, throughout the course of my 4-H career. Caden, my youngest daughter, I really think has grown to, to love it because there have been some benefits that she's good at it. There have been some benefits that have been afforded to her because of it. Um, and my oldest daughter, Ashton, has also grown to love it. She really likes doing public speeches. In fact, um, technically, so she's graduated high school. She's starting college. So she really doesn't have to do it next year. She's done but she gets an extra year of eligibility because of where her birthday falls. And she's like, no, mom, I got one more year. I'm doing it again. <laughs> and so now I don't have to make them do it. They really appreciate that skill and they enjoy it. And, and you know, teachers comment on that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, a great thing that I've seen here. My few years is watching 4-H and the public speaking and being able to judge that is, is really uh, a great to watch those kids and, and get comfortable speaking in front of others. Absolutely. So we focused kind of a lot on 4-H and sure. how you've grown up through 4-H with your dad and then you first started as a 4-H agent mm -hmm. here. Is that right? Actually, I started as 4-H agent in Dare in County. County. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I was there for a few years and then I transferred to Pasquotank County um, and was there for a few years before um, I took well, actually, I took some time off from extension to teach, and then I came back and assumed the director role here um, in 2010, I think and is when I started. When you started, was this building here? So we're mm -hmm. currently in a relatively new building, yeah. 10, 12, 13 years old, something like that. But extension used to be over where the courthouse is, or the historic courthouse, I guess. Now. That's right. So, yep, for all my younger extension career, so when I was a kid, it was over at the historic courthouse. Um, which, you know, it's kind of nostalgic for me. I think it's a really cool place for it to be. But um, now we're blessed with this phenomenal facility. So I think um, when I started, yes, we were here. Um, I think Dad retired right after the building was built. They, you know, he moved in. He was here for a few months and then decided to go ahead and retire. Um, and then Georgia Kite served as the interim director for a year or two before I decided to, to take the leap and, and see if I could... Um, lead the organization here in Curry Tech at that time. So we were here. We're blessed. It's a huge building. It's an amazing resource that we have. We can teach, you know, we no longer have to teach out of the trunks of our cars. Um, you know, we have facilities where we can bring folks in and, and teach lots of skills, and it's, it's a phenomenal place to be. So you've been in extension now for a handful of years. Do you have a favorite memory, whether that was as a 4-H agent or now as a extension director here in Currituck? Oh, wow. Well, I have lots of stories that may or may not be appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, some of my favorite, favorite extension memories. Let's see. Um, I mean, I guess I take a lot of pride in and I think why I enjoy the job that I'm in now is seeing people develop. You know, I really like looking back at the 4-H'ers that I had when I was in Dare County. And I like knowing that, you know, I had a small part in their development. You know, I like knowing that, 
you know, one of my first 4-Hers that I ever got in the public speaking program is now a correspondent for CNN. I mean, oh, that's man. cool to look back yeah. at and say, you know, oh, she was mine. You know, she spent a lot of time with me for for several years. Um, I love looking back and seeing I've got, you know, engineers and, and veterinarians that came through my 4-H programs and, and the animal science workshops that we did and things like that. That's really cool. And even now, you know, as I look at the staff that, that, have come through here and have moved on to different places. And, you know, I've got a couple of county extension directors that, that I mentored, you know, for a little while that have moved on to those bigger roles and, and a staff here that's just absolutely phenomenal and doing some, some amazing work. You included, of course. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I think that's the, the best part about being an extension agent, being a county extension director is being able to do the job of developing people and helping people help themselves and helping people progress. And, and I guess, um, I have a passion for that and I love it. And it, and it just makes me, it's kind of selfish because it makes me feel really good, you know, to do a good job at what we're supposed to do. But, but I think, you know, it's just the heart of an extension agent, I guess. Yeah. I, I, uh, kind of stumbled into extension. I didn't have the 4-H background, mm-hmm. but I liked the aspect of speaking to the public, to taking that information that we get from research-based universities, from NC State, from NCA&T, passing it along to the public, um, and found this place as a home. And it's, it's a great, uh, great job, great opportunity, and great work family. Um, so with that, going forward, where do you see extension in the next few years? Where do you see uh, kind of us going as a staff, mm-hmm. um, ways that we can help the public? Oh, man, that is a great question. Um, and, and as I look forward, I see a lot of similarities to what we've always done in the past, in, but doing them in new and different ways. So, you know, the mission of Extension doesn't change. Helping people help themselves, growing people, helping people develop, helping people learn new skills to improve their lives. I don't... I don't see that ever changing. That's why we're here. Um, But I do see us doing it in a lot of new ways. You know, we can employ a lot of new technologies. We can look at um, different needs that are in the community that that we can reach or meet, help help folks meet in different ways. Um, You know, during the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, we were able to take our traditional hands-on face-to-face classes and move them into a video format such that people could still interact with us, they could still get the content that would help them, and they could get it in a manner that was safe and, um, and, and allowed us to reach more people. You know, there are a lot of people that maybe the schedule just doesn't work out for them to get to our classes, but if we can begin you know, moving those to video formats in addition to the live classes and things like that, uh, we can reach, reach a much broader audience. So I see us still being that trusted resource, and, and that's important. You know, it's not, you know, our information isn't from Google. Our information isn't from hearsay or social media. Our information is reliable. It's trusted. It's research-based. Um, but that trusted resource, resource that can really help people progress in in their lives um so just like we've always been (laughs) yeah 
quite, quite a quite a tall order yeah. uh, for us, but something that we can achieve. And I think I like just looking back at the narrative, how he talks about there's no organization, the backwardness of the people. Look how far we've come now oh, yeah. to doing things online. Uh, everything is at your fingertips. You can listen to us on a podcast right. and, and get some information and, and find a way to get involved in the community. Uh, so with that, we thank you for coming today. Of course, this is office, so you didn't really have much of a choice. <laughs> but we appreciate your stories and yeah. your take on extension today and, and to come. Um, we hope that everybody has enjoyed this episode of uh, Rooted in Curry Tuck podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. This is kind of just the tip of the iceberg. We have many stories to share. And if you have a short story to share, uh, connect with us on social media at Curry Tuck CES, yep. uh, whether that's Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we have YouTube where you'll be able to hopefully view our podcast in the future. Um, or you can give us a call here at the Extension office. Uh, but with that, we're going to sign out. Until next time. See ya. <laughs>